1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers Now. Again, uh, we will get a municipal update with Don Iveson uh, potentially in this hour, and we'll break away from Oilers Now when that happens. Uh, Don Iveson to speak. I'm assuming it's connected to uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus and some of the city's plans moving forward. We'll tell you Royal Pizza, pizza, past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations uh, for takeout and delivery. Visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. And uh, the folks at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers who bring us our injury report. Obviously, things are very quiet on that front. The National Hockey League just wanted to put a shout-out to everybody. Uh, Reminder, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com, but also stay safe and uh, practice your social distancing. Without further ado, we are pleased to be joined on the line by the cult of hockey's David Staples, who is we will uh, uh, willing to uh, reschedule. Uh, obviously, we've we're in a state of flux right now. Um, we work in the toy department of life in the hockey world and have a situation where, at any moment's time, shows get uh, preempted during uh, times like these, and with uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus. So we welcome back to the show, David Staples. David, how are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, you have some fairly provocative tweets that uh, you occasionally uh, put out on COVID-19 and coronavirus. And it, it, it. I, I, what I would say is it presents more than one or two uh, perspectives on yeah, the severity. Use, uh,
1: go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I try to put uh, all of the different perspectives, you know, because there's a big debate going on right now about public policy about how to proceed. And, and I think it's important to have that debate. You know, I've, but I've been tweeting on this, Bob, since I, I saw my first tweet on it. it was January 26th when I said, hey, maybe we should shut down the Canadian borders from uh, trips from China. And what doesn't the federal government think about that? So I think I've been kind of in, in a few weeks later I was saying, well, I'm going to start washing my hands. How about you guys? So I was taking it seriously, very seriously right from the start. But you know, Bob, I think I'm starting to feel pretty good about the prospect of having an NHL season um, sometime, maybe in August, as the players are talking about. There's all of these, um, you know, the brightest minds in the world in science are now working on this problem. And uh, they're starting to come up with some interesting treatments that may or may not be effective, but they're being talked about at the highest levels of uh, government and there's studies being done in countries around the world. And I'm starting to feel like um this isn't going to be as bad as we fear and i'm and i'm and I'm grateful for that
0: yeah well uh look it's uh, unprecedented uh you heard i don't know if you heard brian burke in the last segment it's been you know basically a hundred years since in theory we've had a pandemic affect things the manner that it has and that was the spanish flu back in uh 1918 1919 around that time we have had some other pandemics though uh, there was one in, I believe, 58 to, to yeah. 60 that killed about 2 million people. So, you know, there, there's been significant challenges. It's just we're in a very different time and place now, obviously, international travel. And some would yeah. say you always follow the money trail. You know, why didn't Canada? Uh, you know, there were people out there and some would call them right wing that suggested maybe Canada should have uh, shut flights to China and vice versa, you know, given what was transpiring and. I don't know, so that's for another debate for another time um, Speaking of the National Hockey League And again, you heard Brian, uh, John Shannon And I'm going to throw this out there, David We've done the number, so Shannon's at 75-25 uh, Louis 50-50, Speck's 25-75 Brian's probably less than 25% chance that we'll actually get a Stanley Cup resolution this year I'm, I'm going to go 50-50 myself Where are you at with this? Well, as I say, I'm just following the news, as
1: I have been from the start, and I'm seeing all kinds of stories. I mean, this chloroquine that um, President Trump was talking about today, there's been news releases from countries around the world, France, uh, South Korea, China, about labs working on this particular malaria drug. Now, it's just one of many different treatments. And, Bob, for for there to be an NHL season, we don't need a vaccine or a cure. What we need is a solid treatment. So when people do get this, it's not any kind. They're not worried about death sentence. So if we get a um, a treatment that essentially cuts the the death rate down to the flu, uh, the level of the normal flu, we're definitely going to be seeing a hockey season. And I, I'm hopeful. Uh, so I'm in I'm in the most optimistic bullish category. I'm ninety 90-10, that we're going to have a Stanley Cup really? uh, champion. Yeah, no, really. I just I just think um, I never underestimate human ingenuity, especially. Right now, all of the top scientists are putting their mind to this. Treatment, how to how to lessen the impact. Business leaders from Elon Musk uh, to Jack Dorsey at Twitter, everyone's chipping in with ideas. Elon Musk is uh, the test, the Tesla guy talking about making respirators. So I think we're gonna get on top of the, not of the vaccine, which is everyone says is about 12 to 18 months away, but of solid, excellent treatment. I mean, we have now 70-some um, cases, in, uh, no more than, I think more than 100 now uh, in Alberta, 119. We don't have a death yet, yep. and uh, it's a, I think we're going to see a low death rate here in Alberta because of the excellence of our medical system. And then when the new treatments come on, um, you know, I'm just really hopeful. We're going to get the mortality rate down to the level of the flu, and I don't think that's out of the question
0: to happen in the next few months. Well, I hope you're right because I would obviously uh, open things up for people to, you know, I mean, again, we've used the old Bryn Griffiths line. We're in the toy department of life when we're talking about sport on a day-by-day basis and talking about the Oilers. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, there were days, David, that I thought when Daryl Cates was pursuing the business deal for the downtown entertainment arena complex, while the Edmonton Oilers were not a very good team at that time, those were some tough days, right? Um but it ain't nothing compared to what we're going through right now. And, There's been many tough and, days and, in the Oilers' franchise history, that's for sure. Like Kretzky trade. Right. But it pales it a comparison. to yeah. what We're all dealing with right now. And conversely, what we're all dealing with right now, you know, our forefathers would be rolling over in their graves saying, you, you guys, come on. You know, you're, you're stuck at home on your couch deciding which movie you're going to sit there and watch or what TV show you're going <laughs> to watch, like, suck it up, buttercup. There's, you know, there's people that died for this country, and uh, it, it really is all about a little bit of perspective. All right, let's have a little bit of fun here, David. What were the Edmonton, I mean, from your perspective, what were the Edmonton Oilers? What, what could the Edmonton Oilers be capable of if we have, if this thing gets jump-started? Could the Edmonton Oilers... Could they go on an extended playoff run in your world?
1: Well, that's the tweet I got in trouble for yesterday. Uh, Jim Mathis and my colleague got mad at me because, or not mad at me, he was poking fun at me, uh, for suggesting that uh, if there's um, uh, a Stanley Cup playoffs here, I could see the Oilers uh, going on a really good run. And I admitted in my tweet there's a bit of cabin fever there. But Bob, we have the two best players in Edmonton on the planet, McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's a pretty good start. And what we've seen this year is excellent power play, excellent penalty kill, um, solid defense core. So, if this team—and this this applies to so many of the teams—if this team gets good goaltending in the playoffs, you know, they, they, I would not say they're the Stanley Cup favorite or even a Stanley Cup favorite. You know, they're not in the top four or five teams. But are, could they make it to the Stanley Cup finals? Oh yeah! If if Smith and Koskinen get hot. A combination of them with McDavid and Drysaddle if they call more penalties uh, for the Oilers power play in the playoffs this team could make it to the Stanley Cup finals.
0: Well you know what I, I don't have confidence that theoretically they would call more penalties Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I am intrigued to see, based on sort of the points per 60 that are produced at even strength with, you know, uh, McDavid and Cassian, as an example, and then the entire the emergence of the dry saddle, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto line. And some people say, well, come playoff time, they don't call as many playoffs that will affect a guy like Yamamoto. You got to see how it goes. I mean, Jordan Eberle didn't have an overly productive playoff in his first playoff. Neither did Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They'll both be better for it. But Yamamoto's had different career experiences to date and has kind of had to, in many respects, uh, wield his way and forced his way to achieve more because he's even smaller. And the old saying, big guys have to prove they can't play. Small guys have to prove they can. And Yamamoto's kind of the physical embodiment. I think the emergence of that second line Changes the complexion and the makeup of the Oilers as well, David.
1: And Yamamoto's a different player than Eberly. Yamamoto's a physical hockey player. So I don't see him backing down from the physicality of the playoffs. My concern always with Yamamoto is whether he'll be injured or not uh, because of how he plays the game, like with such an edge and on the edge. And and you're right, Bob. Like this has been, you know, people, again, so some may scoff at my optimism about the Oilers, but uh, since Yamamoto joined the team, and we now have two top lines in the making, one, One line, which is already perhaps the best line in the entire NHL, the dry line. And then McDavid's line coming together. Um, Why not? Why can't, you know, who, how are they going to shut down those two lines going um, strong uh, in the playoffs? Anaheim only shut them down in 2017 with tremendous help from the referees. Um, So we'll see what happens.
0: David uh, yes a was it his coach that made the comment yesterday that said the best thing for Poliarvi would be to stay in Finland for another year
1: Well he was musing about it and, and he seemed to be wanting that he says yes he's the best player most popular player in Finland and that his game and his confidence has come a long way and that in terms of working on some details in his game some defensive details and other things like that he thinks it wouldn't hurt. Jarvi and could be the best thing for him. He says it was a it was a really good thing for Jarvi to play in Finland this year. So I think that's probably all true. Nonetheless, I mean Jarvi uh, may want to get back here. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be like you know. I think we both agree it's not likely to be the Oilers. That's an outside possibility. I I see the Oilers trading him before the draft, whether that draft is in uh, in June or if if the season were canceled i guess it would be in june or in october if the if the draft is delayed so um yeah he he had a good year in finland uh he's made it clear he probably doesn't want he doesn't want to come back to edmonton but he's only 21 next year he'll only be 22 there's lots of players um that age still in europe who are, who are going to be future nhlers still in europe at 21 22 23 and they're just they're just working on their skills and getting ready to come over here for the first time. So um, I still see Pugliarby with a solid NHL career.
0: Would the Edmonton Oilers be better off with one of Jujar Kara and Riley Sheehan and Anton Slepishov or better off with Riley Sheehan and Jujar and not bringing Anton Slepashev back?
1: Well, when they're on the same line, I've always felt that uh, Sheehan and Kara don't work well together because they kind of replicate their skills. They're kind of right. big, slower guys who check. And Sheehan's a better version of that. And I think if you look at the checking line that Shan's led this year with Archibald generally, it's been better off when Kara's not been on that line. So, But the thing about Kara is he is more versatile than Slapashev because he can play both center and wing. But I I think Anton Slapashev probably is a better player um, overall than Jujar Kara is at this point. Now, the orders it depends what they do with Hoss, Bob. You know, they're going to need another centre probably then. If they don't bring back Kara, and we'll see what they do with Haas, but it looks, you know, that's going to be on the shopping list, will be a centre. So if they bring Slapashev, that doesn't answer that, and they'll have to bring in another player
0: still. I don't know if you heard, David, all of the Brian Burke interview, but he said something really interesting, because we talked about the cap moving forward, and he said, well, what if you gave a couple of uh, uh, non-compliance buyouts? So each oh, yeah. team would be allowed to buy two players out that wouldn't count against the cap. Woo! <laughs> 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 you could just see the moment he said that the wheels. I don't know about like <laughs> I was I was thinking to myself, well now we're having a little bit different conversation on a couple things. Uh, I like James that Neal does... better than most
1: people, Bob. I, I like that's the name that comes to mind obviously because he's got the big deal. I like him most. More than many people, because I think he's been a decent even strength player and a really solid power player. But that would be tempting for the Oilers.
0: Yeah, that could uh, that could make for an interesting one. All right, David, how do people
1: follow you? Uh, at uh, on Twitter at Gee Staples.
0: Keep uh, keep uh, tweeting out those. Uh... It's interesting, just the whole debate with all the the experts that study diseases and the, the spreading of diseases. It's pretty interesting stuff, to say the least. The different yeah, perspectives that are out there, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Hey, absolutely. That's David Staples from The Cult of Hockey. It is 149. Again, uh, 630 Cheds ongoing coverage of the coronavirus and COVID-19 will continue. Jalen Nye coming up today with 6.30 Chet Afternoons. Of course, Eileen Bell on the half hours. Uh, we will be getting to a Don Iveson press conference sometime likely in the next uh, 20 to 25 minutes. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. One fifty-three in Edmonton. Back into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, Wacy says, "Wacy." There's a former WHL player by the name of Wacy Rabbit. Uh, this text comes in from Wacy. The best thing all week was just hearing that conversation between Brian Burke and you. Uh, keep up the good work, Bud. Well, well, thank you for that. Um, on the on the purchase of goods that are cheaper, this text comes in. Let's not forget that if the three levels of government would leave us more take-home, uh, we, would, uh, we wouldn't we would just look for the cheapest available. Okay? Uh, another texter says, Why do you call people that are always right, right-wing? Uh, well, I don't think right-wings are always right on everything uh another texter is texas and Ashley fine for text line bob david staple is living in another world this is going to be a problem until i get a vaccine and we're not going to see hockey this year uh, another texter says bob does david staples write a fantasy blog that one comes to us from mark uh a different mark this one from st albert says bob david is delusional in a good way but delusional regardless 90 percent chance no season uh uh, endgames nor playoffs, we are unfortunately in a world of hurt. And Fear the Fin, wow, what did we do to deserve Fear the Fin on today's show? Has texted us in to say, uh, Bob, even during a worldwide pandemic, we get to hear the losers lament about the NHL referees. Top drawer effort, David. <laughs> Oh, man, you got to love it. Uh, again, you can text us uh, at 780-496-0063. Thank you for everybody that's taken time to text uh, in I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. Um, but we will uh, tell you this. We're going to go to this day. Oh, well, someone has sent me a photo of the Centrium in Red Deer saying that's it, uh, the ice is out for Red Deer. Well, obviously, the WHL standings are official, so if the WHL does get started out for the playoffs, the Rebels miss out on the playoffs. Uh, to this day in Oilers history, and we're going to go back to 1982. Brandon Escott, what happened? Wayne Gretzky scores a goal and an assist to give him 500 career NHL points. That milestone coming in his 234th career game as the Oilers tied 3-3 with Calgary at Northlands. Did you watch any of that game that they had last night between the 86 Oilers and the 86
1: Penguins? Yeah, I sure did. It's amazing how different that game is. I'll say that uh,
0: the goalies, and Andy Moog in particular, like, he looked small between the pipes, Bob he was small uh gilles Meloche played great in that game by the way i mean it was that diving glove uh, save sp- back on gretzky unbelievable yeah the speed that the orders i always think to the 85 stanley cup final it was a time warp playoff series the orders of 1985 they, i mean they could have they could have played basically at that pace until the mid-2000s. That's how well that team skated. The Flyers were still in many regards and Philly was a different team in 87 because I think the Oilers team in 87 was actually better than the team in 85 but the the, the, the Flyers of 85 just couldn't keep pace with Edmonton in any way, shape or form. We're going to do uh, we're going to talk tomorrow on Oilers now but one of the most overrated Stanley Cup champion teams not in Edmonton. And I'll give you some factors coming up why. Uh, Inside Sports Night with Reid Wilkins, what's he got shaking? They are busy. They've got uh, Raptors color
1: analyst, Leo Routens. They've also got Sportsnet anchor, uh, Jeff Merrick. And you will hear from AJHL Commissioner, Ryan Bartoszik as well.
0: There we go. Elliot Friedman will be on tomorrow's show for Friends of the River Creek Resort and Casino from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Sportsnet's Mark Spector as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Ongoing, continuing coverage of coronavirus and COVID-19. Uh, followed by the 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jay Nye. Canadian country music star Brett Kissel will join her at some time on the show today. Along with Don Iverson's press conference. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon